working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. For you are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you, I worship you. You are here. My God, that is who you are. Oh, you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every light. I worship you, I worship you, you are here, meeting every need, I worship you, I worship you, Waymaker, Waymaker, Miracle My God, that is who you are. Oh, you are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. your hands to him. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Come. 
Because there is power in the name of Jesus. And there is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain. There is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Now there's an army rising up. Oh, there's an army rising up. Oh, there's an army.
tempted in white heaven without us. Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. But what could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. Just worship Him. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. Oh, what a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Oh, now death could not hold you the veil tore before you you silenced the boast of sin and grave the heavens are roaring the praise of your glory for you are raised to life again sing it one more time Death could not hold you, the veil tore before you, you silenced the boast of sin and grace. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. Oh, what a powerful name it is, nothing can stand against, what a powerful name it is, the name of What a powerful name it is Oh, nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name What a powerful name it is What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Christ What a powerful name it is, and nothing can stand against, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm so glad we can call upon his name this morning. If you would just change the key to F. We just want to welcome you all to the house of the Lord, and we just pray that uh, you'll get a blessing from be here. We have a few visitors this morning. Uh, we have Josh Godwin's parents here with us today, and uh, Sister Sarah Vasaki's parents as well. We just want to welcome you all. We also have some members of uh, Brother Danny Stevens' church from Florida up this morning, so we just want to welcome you all. 
let's sing that song. We'll change it up a little bit here. Uh, there is power. Oh, would you be free from your burden of sin? Oh, there's power in the blood. Oh, power in the blood. Would your evil of victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. Precious blood of the Lamb. Now would you be free from your passionate pride? There's power in the blood, full oh, power in the blood. Come for a cleanse into Calvary's side. There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. For there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, would you be wider, much wider than snow? There's power in the blood, oh, power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. Just blood of the Lamb. Now would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, oh, power in the blood. Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood, oh, there is power, power. Wonder-working power in the blood. Oh, of the Lamb there is power, power. Wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Now at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. Was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away, and it was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am all the day. Oh, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. For it was there by faith 
again here and uh, before we do that let's just uh, slow it down and let's sing the song I am the God I am the God that healeth thee I am the Lord your healer I sent my word I am the Lord, your healer. Sing it again. Oh, I am the God. Just believe it with all your heart. I am the Lord, your healer. I sent my word and you. saved my soul. You are the Lord, my Savior. You sent your word and forgave all my sins. You are the Lord, my Savior. You are the time just real quietly just very softly oh you are the lord that healeth me you are the lord my healer you sent your some requests. You may have your seat for just a minute. At this time, I'd also uh, like to ask Sister Sarah Vasaki if you would be making your way uh, to be ready for your special. We just want to remember the Harwells who are away today. Uh, they are traveling. Uh, we'd also like to remember the uh, Sylvesters today. They are in Maryland as well. There's also a request here for the uh, Cockmans and the Jacksons, if you would remember them in prayer. Uh, just remember, uh, Brother Steve and Sister Sarah, they are in Virginia today uh, ministering. 
Uh, I'd also like you to remember uh, Brother Keith and Sister Sarah, uh, Mom and Dad, they are away as well traveling. Uh, just remember Brother uh, Bill Walters as well. Uh, there's a request here for him. We also would like to remember uh, Brother Josh Godwin uh, because he has a uh, request to find a job, find some work. We also would like to remember uh, Sister Greg. Uh, she's in the hospital right now from where she fell earlier this week. Uh, we also need to remember the McCafferty's who are traveling. And uh, we have a lot of people traveling and who are not with us today. So if you have an unspoken prayer request, uh, just raise your hand. Brother Andy, if you would come at this time and uh, just pray for us real quick. And uh, if you all would stand once again. Sister Beck, if you would just play something softly for us. Lovely Lord Jesus, we bow our heads, Father, in your presence. Lord, in the hour that we live in, we just say thank you, Father. We've gathered together in your name, Lord, to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Father, we know you hear us. And so, Lord, as a body, we bind these prayers together with faith. We would ask, Lord, that you would answer them. And Father, those that are traveling, give them traveling mercies. Lord, we think of Brother Josh looking for a job, Father. May he find it in your perfect will, Lord. We think of Sister Greg and the drums going through that season of life, Father. We just ask that you would just guide their steps, Lord, and just help them, Father, with every decision that needs to be made, Lord. And Father, those that are sick, those that are afflicted, whether it be in the spiritual realm or the emotional realm or even in their own minds, Father, may they look to that one with open arms on the cross. And may today be the day that they hear those words, it is finished, that their sickness is finished, that their mind battles are finished, that those sins that easily beset each and every one of us, Father, are, is finished. And Lord, we ask that you would take the man of God, and Lord, as he rightly divides the truth, may you impart it into our hearts, Father. And can we be a little more like Enoch, Lord, just have that little more closer walk with you, Father, So when that day comes, we'll just go home with you, Father. Lord, we give you this day. We ask that the Holy Spirit just come around us. May that veil of the Holy Ghost just enshrine us, Father. And Lord, may your countenance shine upon us today. And Father, may you be glorified in everything we do. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Andy. You may have your seats. And real quick, before Sister Sarah sings, I also have a card here that I missed. Uh, It is from Brother Tom, and it just says, Dear brothers and sisters, I appreciate so much the kindness shown to me after my uh, recent surgery. The concern and prayers, calls, love gifts, and Flowers, scents are meant so much. May God richly bless each of you, and uh, God bless you. And love Brother Tom. Sister Sarah.
Thank you, Sister Sarah, for that special. Let's just stand. We'll sing one more before um, Brother Barry comes. Let's put it in G, and let's sing that song, uh, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow. Many things about tomorrow I don't see to understand But I know who holds tomorrow Oh, and I know who holds my head
sing it again now. That just sounds so right, sounds so true. people said? You may be seated this morning. God bless you. It's good to have all of you in the house of the Lord today and uh, an honor to have you with us, especially all of our visitors and friends who are here. On a weekend like this, Labor Day weekend, it's uh, it's always unpredictable when you have a holiday and uh, we have some folks who are away as you, you heard the list and then uh, we're honored to have visitors who are with us uh, this weekend. So may God bless you. Uh, just let me make the rounds real quick here. Brother Brian, good to have you here. Brother Bill Walters, good to have you here. Been a while. Uh, God bless you. It is good to have Brother Maurice here. Uh, Brother Maurice Holloway, God bless you. And Sister Odetta, right? God bless you. And uh, Sister Rachel, right? Grace, God bless you. Good to have you here. Um, it is also uh, good to have Sister Leah's family here and uh, relatives, George, Melissa, Jesse, Melinda, Sarah, Ellie, Micah, and Sister Anderson. Is that right? You're wondering how I knew that. I just, I just know those things. So God bless you. Great to have you here. Great to have Brother uh, Josh Godwin's family here, Father here. God bless you. Uh, we appreciate you being with us today. Uh, we have a couple of birthdays that we wanted to acknowledge, and yesterday, as I mentioned, was Sister Karen's birthday. Brother David and Sister Karen are not here today. Uh, tomorrow, September 7th, is Sister Mary Smith's birthday, and uh, so we wish her all the best. They're streaming. September 10th is Brother Billy and Sister Liddy's anniversary, right? How many years? 27 years. Wow, wonderful. God bless you both. We appreciate you very much. And also, September 10th is Sister Doris Reynolds' birthday, right? God bless you. We won't ask you how many, uh, but God bless you. We appreciate the Reynolds being here. Now, September 11th, uh, we always remember September 11th uh, for a number of reasons, but number one is that it's Brother Anwar's birthday. Number two, it's Brother Mark Sylvester's birthday, and they're up in uh, Maryland this weekend visiting Brother Mark's uh, family up there. It's also Sister Leah's birthday, right, on September 11th. So we won't make any more of that, but God bless you all. September 12th is Sister Annabelle Clavel's birthday, right? How old are you going to be, Sister Annabelle? What? Ten years old. Wow. Wow. God bless you. And also, September 12th would have been Sister Molly's birthday as well. And uh, it's hard to believe. That Sister Molly's gone on to be in glory, and uh, but that's uh, September 12th, also her birthday. Um, 
most of you are aware uh, of the tragic accident that occurred yesterday afternoon uh, with uh, the two young men who were involved in the accident, uh, Brother Caleb Capps, and um, we have been in contact with the family this morning, and he is in surgery. He was put in a medically induced coma uh, after the surgery. Apparently, they ran into an 18-wheeler, and I don't know any of the details, but they're in uh, Shelby Hospital, I think, is where uh, where they are. So the accident probably occurred somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, but the, he is in um, surgery this morning. They say he's in stable condition, but he's in surgery. And uh, Nate Barrett, uh, the Barrett family, and uh, Nate passed away. He was uh, 16 years old and uh, died in, as a result of that accident. I was in contact with Brother Josh Bennett this morning and uh, assured them that we would be praying for them and for uh, the families directly affected, but also the families in the church because um, such a sudden and a tragic and an untimely loss is a, is a difficult thing for any family, but also as well for the church family. So uh, we sure want to continue to hold them up in prayer. I don't have any other details uh, this morning, but uh, just just to know that, uh, if you will, uh, I assured Brother Josh to let his families know that we'd be remembering them in prayer. So let's stand to our feet this morning and uh, let's have uh, one more little chorus here. Uh, Jesus is the sweetest name I know, and uh, let's just prepare our hearts. And uh, I was not certain I was going to be able to be here this uh, this Sunday. And uh, so I had asked Brother Mike Holloway to come, and he happened to be free, which is an unusual thing for him uh, to be free. And uh, so he decided, yes, that he would be able to make it. So we left it as it is today and just trust it will be a blessing to you and um, something that uh, God will speak to you about. And as I say often that, you know, when you have a minister who comes uh, like that, who's not regular, uh, you have the opportunity of allowing the Holy Spirit to sovereignly use him to speak to you because you know he knows nothing about your situation, nothing about where you are and the needs that you have. And so you should pull on that gift in an extra special way and just say, Lord, this is a just a, a one-time thing. Good to have the Pisakis here today. Uh, just a, a, an opportunity where you can just kind of um, just sovereignly enter into his throne room and, and, and seek the thing that you have need of. And I believe that God's able to do that today. Jesus is the sweetest name I Father, as we come into your courts with thanksgiving in our hearts today, Lord, we are in a world that's filled with trouble and strife and heartache. 
Lord, there are things that are uncertain about this world that we live in, but, Father, we are grateful that we have you to turn to. Your arms are always strong. Your shoulder is always straight. And, Lord, we can lean upon you and have peace and contentment knowing that you hear our cry and that you know, Lord, exactly what we're going through. And so, Father, we commit every need to you today, every uh, church member, Lord, that's not here today, that are traveling or not well, and those who are streaming today, we place them into your hands, Lord. But, Father, when we hear about tragedy that strikes families, Lord, believing families, Lord, we just, we just, our hearts go out to those families, and we just ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you would draw near to them and give them comfort in the time of shock and loss. And, Lord, we just pray now that as uh, Caleb enters into surgery this morning, that, Lord, you would just take complete control of the hands of the doctors and the nurses, those that attend to him. Father, may you give them, I I pray, just the, the, the consolation of your presence right there in that operating room, Lord. And I pray you'd restore that young man again to a place, Lord, where he should be. Father, we think of the Barrett family today, Lord, and such an untimely loss of a 16-year-old young man. And we just pray that the Holy Spirit would draw near to him, to them, and comfort him. Lord, that you might just give them the peace that passes understanding. Lord, we don't always know, we don't always understand, we don't always have all the details. But Lord Jesus, we know that our lives are in your hands. And so we commit that family to you now and pray that you would be their comfort. And, Lord, you would be their peace. You would just take complete control, I pray. Father, we just commit this day now into your hands, Lord, as has been prayed already. And we just ask that you would just come and take full control. Inspire the speaker. And, Lord, I pray you would challenge the listener today. Father, may your presence just be real here today, Lord. Chase away any doubts, anything, Lord, that would hinder the moving of the Holy Spirit. And forgive us, Lord, of anything that would in any way hinder the opening of the Word to our hearts today. We just want to say we love you and we thank you, Lord, and ask that you would just come on the scene in a special way, Lord. We ask your blessing upon all that's done now. In Jesus' lovely name. Sing it one more time as Brother Mike comes this morning. Jesus is the sweetest I appreciate seeing everyone here this morning and appreciate the invitation from Brother Barry. 
as he mentioned, actually, I uh, uh, thought I was going to be uh, attending a wedding this weekend, and we had uh, planned for some time now to have this weekend off, his Labor Day weekend, and, or, and uh, we're going to be attending a wedding for my nephew. And uh, so we decided to make it a family weekend. and didn't schedule anything. And, and uh, then last week we were up there with his son, Brother Stephen, Virginia, and he had a pretty good service and preached on a junction in time. And this past week I was still studying on that same thought. And, Lord, give me a part two to that message. And my heart was so stirred. I said, Lord, I wish I was preaching this weekend. <laughs> and, and then uh, I didn't pray to ask for a service, though. I didn't do that. But I, 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 he knew I wanted to share it. And, and then I got a text from Brother Barry Friday night. And I said, oh, here it is. I said, I get to share it. And, I went to bed last night just uh, thinking I was going to get up and preach on that thought I'd been working on this weekend. And uh, this morning about 730, just changed my whole heart and feeling. And so uh, pray for me because I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, when you kind of have those last minute changes, um, you know, you're, you're, you have to trust God when you come to this place. But times like that, you, you know you got to trust him even more because you don't know how service is going to go. So. Do sincerely pray for me, and as he said, put on the gift, and I believe God will speak to our hearts this morning. I'm glad to have my brother and his family with us. He was family was actually with us last week in Virginia. His daughter lives up there, so we made a day out of that weekend. And so, uh, Lord, we'll make me do the same today. But uh, not going to prolong the time. If you have your Bibles, turn to the Book of Genesis. Uh, actually, we preached uh, part one of this thought this morning. I'm going to preach part two. We preached part one uh, here, I guess, about five. Maybe about five weeks ago, something like that, five or six weeks ago, we were visiting up on a Wednesday night, and, and uh, we preached on reflection of God. And, uh, and so uh, this morning when I was out taking my little exercise stroll, just trying to keep my body in a little bit of condition, and, and the Spirit of God has kind of moved on me and took me back to that thought and just kind of added more to it. And uh, so that's what we're going to feel that that's his leading for this morning. So we're going to try part two to that thought. So if you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and uh, let's just bow forward a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do want to thank you, Lord, for your grace, Lord, knowing that you're, you're a gracious God and you're in control of all things. Lord, nothing happens upon the face of this earth without your knowing about it. So, Lord, we know that you, O oh God, have foreseen this service before the foundation of the world. You knew that we'd be getting that call, that message from Brother Barry on Friday night, and Lord, and you knew that you would change my thought this morning. And Lord, I believe I'm doing this in your name and following your leading. So, Lord, I just pray that you will help me. Just relax. Trust your leading, O oh God, in all things. And God, may you use the gift to speak to your people. God, is there anything, O oh God, that may be out of order, that may not be timely for at this moment? Lord, may you change that. But, Lord, may what comes forth across this pulpit be what you ordain to edify this people at this time. Lord, we just commit that into your hands. And we, Lord, we ask your special grace again upon a Barrett and Cap's family, O oh God, as our brothers already prayed. We're just touching and agree with them. As many people are praying for that family, Lord, those families, we're glad to see our oh, brother Caleb. Looks like he's going to be pulled through by your grace. But, Lord, I believe even in that tragedy, O oh God, there's something that's going to be used to shape that man's life in a good way. Lord, I know in my own life I had a similar accident when I was 19, O oh God, and you used it to turn my life around, O oh God. So, Lord, may it be the same for him. And, God, I just pray for the Barrett family, Lord, that you will comfort them, O oh God. Even in that loss of a son, Lord, somehow, O oh God, may there be some good come out of it, Lord. We don't understand these things, but, Lord, we know it by and by. You promised to show that they were all working to the good of those that love you. 
those that are called according to your purpose. Lord, bless this service as we commit all things into your hands. Lord, we ask in your grace in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Genesis 1, 26. And it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that creepeth, every living thing that moveth upon the face of the earth. Let's bow our heads once again. Lord, we thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, I ask that you would just help us now. We commit our body, our gift, our mind, all that we are into your hands. Lord, use it for your honor and glory. We give you thanks in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to take for a title, The Reflection of God, and I'm calling this part two. As we said before, what is a reflection? A reflection is something that shows the effect, existence, or character of something else. So it's actually not the actual object per se, but it's actually reflecting the attributes or characteristics of that object. When you look at yourself in a mirror and you see, God bless you, Brother Billy. I haven't seen you in a while. God bless you, your wife. When you, when you look in the mirror, as I'm sure many of us have before we came to church this morning, you see, you see what appears to be yourself, but it's not you. It's just a reflection. It's in your image. You know what your hair looks like. Whether you're happy with it or not, <laughs> you get to see it. Mine every year seems to go a little bit further back, but hey, that's part of life. But you get to see certain things because of a reflection. And so, so it's a reflection of an object or something else. And that's what we're talking this morning, a reflection of God. The existence of one object is seen is only reflecting off of another or reflecting off of another object so that the previous object can be seen. In the case of a mirror, The mirror is only returning light back, are you following me, so that what is being reflected can be observed as a result of the mirror. So the mirror actually acts as an agent to capture the light and then reflect that light back, are you following me? And so therefore you have some idea of what the original object must have looked like. Now if you go to Genesis chapter 1, we took our scripture reading, God's original desire, I want you to catch this, was to create something, listen, that could reflect him. God said, this is who I am. And when scientists created the mirror, they created the mirror because they wanted something. They could go to a pond or they can go to water. And they could see that there was a possibility of reflection on the surface of water. But when they created the mirror, it was something that was portable, something that you could have in your possession. And any time you want to see yourself, you didn't have to go down to the pond and look into the water. You could actually see it right then. Are you following me? Well, God had a desire, and his desire was he wanted to reflect himself. Are you following me? So God created in something that was in his image so that when you saw the image, you had some reflection or some idea what God God must look like. Are you following me? And so, so Brother Branham says that the entire Bible has been the unfolding of one great mystery, and that great mystery is how God desired to reflect himself. Look at how he says it in Christ the mystery of God revealed. Brother Branham says, now God's secret mystery he had before the foundation of the world, he said, now back in the back part of God's mind, there was something that he was trying and going to achieve, 
And he had a motive in doing it. And I love this. He said in order to let himself be expressed. In other words, to allow something to reflect who he really was. Are you following me? And so he was going to use an agent, something that God could take in his own hands. And by that agent, he could express himself or reflect his attributes. Are you following me? Christ in regard. <coughs> he says, the entire Bible is an expression of one goal that God had, one purpose that he wanted to achieve in the entire Bible. And all the acts of the believers in the Bible has been in type and expressing what God's great goal is. And now in his last day, he has revealed it and shows it is God. He said, and with God's help, we'll see it right here this morning. He said what the Lord has had in his mind all along and has expressed it. So the entire Bible, Brother Brown said, and all the believers in it, he said, it's been one goal God had ever since the Garden of Eden. God said, let me make the first man in my image. God has desired to have man that he could reflect himself in that man. And then by looking at that man, you get some idea who God is. Are you following me? I want you to watch this. This mystery started back way back in Eden. He said when God had his first creation, for God was reflecting himself through that creation. If you look at Romans 1, verse 20, it says, For the invisible things of him, that's God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So even though the churches today can't seem to agree on, is there one, is there two, is there three, is there seven, they can't agree on really what the real Godhead is, yet the Bible says you can even understand the Godhead just by looking at creation. Why? Because it was God's desire to express himself. He wanted to reflect who he was, and not just in man, but in all of his creation, God was reflecting exactly who he was. I want you to watch this. But now as he's doing that, his highest form of creation in which he would reflect, reflect himself wouldn't be the stars. It wouldn't be animal life. It wouldn't be botany life. It wouldn't even be angelic life. The highest form in which God wanted to express himself was actually, Brother Brandon said, in the stature of a man. And so after God had created the heavens, after God had created the angels, after God had created all the animals upon earth, God came down and said, there's one more thing I want to create, and this thing will be in my image. God wanted to create something that would reflect him in his perfection. And that perfection would be man. Let's look back at Genesis 1 for a minute. Genesis 1, 26. Genesis 1, 26. It says, and God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have something. Let this man have dominion. Yes, sir. Now, I want you to understand something about dominion. Dominion is something that has to be granted. It has to be given or either it has to be taken by force. Are you following me? Now, in the case of Adam, the dominion that Adam had was nothing there for him to take. But when God created Adam, God said, there's something, Adam, I want to give to you, and it's going to be authority upon the earth for you to subdue it. So as my creation and my reflection, I'm giving you something. I'm giving you something of myself. And what God had was dominion over heaven and earth and everything that there is because God was the creator, so he had supreme dominion. But since man was going to be, Brother Bam said, an amateur God on earth, he said in order for man to be able to reflect God, God had to give him something of himself in order for that man to reflect it. And one of the things that God gave Adam was dominion, because as God was God of the universe, he wanted Adam, Brother Brandon, to say to be God of the earth. Are you following me? 
So I want you to recognize that in order to be able to reveal a good reflection, there has to be something from God given to the man that can reflect who God is. And in this particular verse, one of the things I want to emphasize is the dominion. And the Bible says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. That's another reflection. Because in Adam was the woman. When he created the man, in the man was the woman, which in Christ, are you following me, was the bride, the mystery. So again, this man is reflecting a mystery, and the mystery is reflecting as who God is and what form God is going to come in. Are you following me? Now I want you to watch this. In the image of God created him, male and female created he them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it. And he repeats this again, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God was placing his creation, listen, into the hands of the one that was in his image. So what God had as his own, he was transferring, I want you to catch this, transferring the authority upon that realm into the hands of another one. And the one he was transferring into the hands of was the one that he wanted to be in his image. And as God could control the earth, now he wants man to be an amateur God and have control upon the earth that God had created. I want you to watch this. That's exactly what's happening today. In this day, in this age, God is shifting his power and authority upon his elect church. And that's where I left off last time in part one. I want you to be able to see God has authority, but God's desire is for you to express that authority. So in order for you to express it, he's got to shift it into your hands. He can't maintain control and then use you as a reflection. In order for you to reflect this, what he is, he has to place inside of you. And once he places that in you, now you have the power to reflect that which he's given you. But until he gives it to you, you don't have the power and authority to reflect it. That's what's wrong with the nominal church today. They want to claim Christianity without the authority or the power that makes Christianity what it is. They want to make it a group. They want to make it a name. They want to make it an ism. But Christianity is not an ism. Christianity is God living in a man, expressing himself. That's what Christianity is all about. And then when you take Christianity, if you take God out of that, all you've got is this ism. You've got a social gathering. You've got a lodge once you take God out of that. And the message of the hour came to place God back in the center of the church where he belongs. Watch Romans. The book of Romans. I want you to see this. Romans 8.15. Romans 8.15 says, We have not received the spirit of bondage, again the fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Brother Bram said that means my God, my God. You now have a revelation of where you come from and who your real God is. Watch this. The spirit itself bearing witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. In other words, his spirit has to be given to you to agree with your spirit. Are you following me? And then when your spirit and his spirit agree, Brother Bam said, that's when a man is born again. He said, when your thoughts can die, he said, and you can, and you can agree with the will of God. He said, your old man dies right there. Why? Because that old nature that was contrary to God, when it dies, now you have a nature that can agree with the word. He said, but until you had that experience, he said, you can't even get along with yourself sometimes. But we've got to have an experience where something in that old nature actually dies and God gives you something, which is his spirit and his spirit in you. I want you to watch cannot reflect himself. 
We are not capable in our human abilities of doing that, but his spirit in you can reflect himself. Now, I want you to watch this. The spirit itself bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Listen, heirs of God and joint heirs of, with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory, I want you to watch this, that shall be revealed in us. Now again, a reflection. There's something God's going to pour into his people that when God pours this into the people, the people are going to reflect what they received. That mirror in my bathroom can only reflect the image that it receives. Until it receives an image, it has no image of its own. But once the light strikes me and the light reflects off of me and strikes that mirror, the mirror says, I got it. And now it can reflect back that which is received. And the church can only reflect what is received. And in every age, God has had a measure he poured out. And that's the measure that the church reflected for that age. I want you to watch this. It can only reflect what is received. Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature, that's the creation, that's all of earth, waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. And Brother Bram said that word manifestation means to reveal, to make known. The mystery is there. We are now the sons of God. But there's going to be a reflection of manifestation when the mystery of who these men are will no longer be a mystery. It'll be made known. Now I want you to watch this. That's God reflecting his attributes in his church. And in this age, it's a greater measure than what he's done in other ages. And by shifting his authority of power to the believer, I want you to watch this, just like he did Adam. He put a certain authority upon Adam that Adam could exercise in the garden. And now God is placing a certain authority upon the bride that by revelation we're to exercise that authority. But you can only exercise it as he reveals it. Are you following me? Let me keep going. Like I said, this reflection is like a mirror. It'll catch the light of an object, and it can only send the same light back. The mirror doesn't add anything to what it catches. As much as I might think Brother Barry's a nice-looking gentleman. And I say, hey, you know what? I wouldn't mind having a hairline like Brother Barry's. And I go to my mirror, and I look at it. I said, give me Brother Barry's hairline. He said, I can only give you the hairline you got. I can only reflect back that which I received. And when the church can catch that revelation, Brother Bram says, she'll not move without thus say the Lord. She can only reflect back that which she receives. And when once she receives the Holy Spirit, and once she receives the unadulterated word, now she has the ability to reflect back God in the way that he wanted to be reflected. Not in part, not in just a little bit, but in the actual image of who he really is. I want you to watch. When God respects himself in that first son, Adam, Brother Bam said he was an amateur God, and that, that, amateur, that amateur God failed. But God promised to restore. And Christ, listen, Christ, God and Christ performed that restoration. Now, I want you to catch that. In the time of fullness, when he came, God in Christ was able to restore that which Adam had lost. God in the Old Testament was able to reflect himself in prophets. 
That's why when Jesus Christ came and said, who do man say that I the son of man am? Some said thou said Jeremiah. Some say Elijah. Some say one of the prophets. Why? Because those prophets so reflected God that when they saw Jesus Christ, they could look at the Bible and said, that's Elijah. They could look at the Bible and say, that's Jeremiah. Why? Because those prophets were actually reflecting Jesus Christ. David, when he was rejected and went upon the Mount Olives and wept and said, oh, Jerusalem, how often would I have hovered you? Brother Brown said, what was David doing when he was up on that mountain? He was reflecting the coming of Jesus Christ because when he came, he was going to be reflected. Each one of these men anointed by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in these men was reflecting Christ. But Brother Brown said, what was the difference? Everyone reflected him in part. But there came a time when God didn't want to reflect himself in part. God wanted to give the perfect image of who he was, not something that was close to what he was, something that was an exact, perfect image. When you seen me, you seen the Father. David couldn't say that. Moses couldn't say that. But there was one that said, when you seen me, you seen the Father. Adam could say that before the fall. But after the fall, he couldn't. And every man born and said could never make that confession. But there's coming a church that's going to say, well, you've seen me. You've seen Jesus Christ. It's a reflection. But you can only reflect that which you've received. Are you following me? I want you to watch this. That was the Old Testament type. But when Christ came, he was the capstone. He wasn't part of the Old Testament. He was the Old Testament in its fullness. And now in the New Testament, we see the same cycle repeating. In the first age, when God put out the Holy Spirit and he gave the gospel in the first church age, even the first church age messenger had this revelation. I know in part, therefore I prophesy in part. But he had a revelation that the church seemed to forget for 2,000 years. He said, but when that which is perfect has come, he'll have a body he can reflect himself in. In my age, I can reflect this mystery in part. Luther can reflect it in part. Wesley can reflect it in part. But he said, one day when a perfect one has come, there's got to be a body waiting to receive him, that when he steps in that body, he can reflect himself in his fullness. Brother Banner made a statement. He said, all that God was, he poured into Christ. Christ reflected God in his fullness. But all that Christ was, was to have another body that can reflect him. Are you following me? Now let me keep going. I want you to keep watching this. All that God was, he poured into Christ. All that Christ is, is being poured into the church. And with that, all, listen, all the responsibility of carrying out the works are on the shoulders of the church with that outpouring. Amen. When Christ came, he said, I must be about my father's business. In order to reflect God, he had to know what God wanted done. And you did, did, the world has this saying, forgive me if I get it wrong, uh, W, what, J-W, or W-J, D-J, what, what, what is it, brother? WWJD, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? It's a good thought, but they got it on the wrong inspiration. What would Jesus do is not for a guesswork. It's not for you to say, I believe if Jesus was here, let me take my very best guess of how he would handle the situation. When Jesus wanted to know what God would do, he said, Father, not my will. But thine will be done. And he prayed until he prayed through and got thus said the Lord from the Father. 
And when the church gets back to a spot to where we're not trying to guess at what we should be doing, guess it, why don't I have a whole church tonight, this morning? Because I'm still praying and God, somewhere, somewhere in the land, there's a place you want this ministry. And Lord, show me that you might place it there. This will make a wonderful home church. But so will many other churches. But I want to know, Lord, where do you want this ministry that it could be a help to wherever you place it? Amen. And place me in a place where the ministry is there. It's going to be a help to me. But I can't make that decision. Paul said many times I desired to go down to Rome. He said, but I was led hitherto. He said, why? Because he was under the subjection of the leadership of the Holy Ghost. And this bride in this last day has been brought back to that same promised land where we're going to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that our thoughts and our minds and our motive and our lives is going to be directed by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, when they see us, they're going to see the Holy Spirit in action. Because it won't be you. I want you to watch this. When you accept that portion of the outpouring, it comes with a responsibility. Christ had one life before the baptism of John. But when he received the Holy Ghost, he had a different life. You never see a scripture where I'm about my father's business. Well, excuse me. I stand corrected. Thank you, Lord. When he was 12 years old. When he was 12 years old, he was still the word. He had not received the Holy Ghost, but yet being the word, Brother Brown said, he was still, listen now, the 12-year-old boy didn't understand what he was saying by his own mental aptitude. He said, but being the word, the word in him spoke out and said, know ye not that I must be about my father's business. Even before the receiving the Holy Ghost, his life was already being directed. So I thank the God for correcting me in America. I was about to say something wrong. Thank you for praying. But I want you to see, his life was being directed by the spirit that was in him. Our life has got to come to a spot. To if we're going to be the right kind of reflections to this age. The Christ that this world needs to see. It won't be our works. It's got to be the Holy Spirit in you doing his own works. Now I want you to watch this. God was in Christ doing his own will through a man. And that's what's happening to the church now. Watch how Brother Branham puts it. Brother Branham says in this message, who was Melchizedek? He said, now we find out that this person... Who had no father, speaking of Melchizedek now, no mother, no beginning of days or end of life. It was God in Morphe. Now the world, he said, or the word comes from the Greek word, which means change. He said was used. He said changing himself in Morphe from one person to another one. The Greek word is in Morphe, which means it was taken from a stage act. He said that's one person is changing. Listen, his mask to make some other character. So now in Morphe, in simple terms, Brother Bam said his daughter was in a play, and he said it was a Shakespeare play. He went to the high school to see it. He said he went to this high school play. He said there was one boy that played seven roles. He said, now how can one boy pass off as seven different characters? He said, because in those days it was quite common for people to put on masks, costumes, where you didn't see their faith. Today we go to most plays, you know, you have plays where people put on costumes to cover their face, but it's common also to see people with makeup on, but you actually see their face. Back then, it was quite common for them to have a mask where you didn't actually see nobody's faces on the stage. Everything was portrayed through costumes and characters. He said, so it was possible for one boy to play seven characters because all that one boy had to do was learn seven different lines, seven different scripts. And every time he changed the outward costume, the people didn't know it was the same boy. They kept seeing a different character. Brother Bram said, that's where the word in Morphe comes from. He said, it's the same person. He said, but they changed their cast or their mask. They changed their outward appearance that they could portray a different character. Now watch what he says here. 
As Brother Brown begins to say that, he said, like in school just recently, I believe Rebecca just, she graduated. They had one Shakespeare play, and one young man had to change his clothes several times because he played two or three different parts. He said, but the same person. He came out one time, he was a villain. He came out the next time, he was another character. And now the Greek word, listen, emorphe means is to be, he's changed his mask. He said, that's what God did. It's the same God all the time. Now, I want you to catch this. God in the form of the Father, the Spirit, the pillar of fire. What God reflected in terms of who he was in the pillar of fire, listen, was the same characteristics he expressed in Jesus Christ. People can't understand how God and Christ are the same person because they see the pillar of fire and they see the body of flesh. But Brother Babbitt said what you have to be able to recognize is not the mask, but recognize what's hidden behind the mask. The church world can see the mask, but they can't catch the revelation that it's the same person just changing his mask. That's why it says Immorphe. Now watch this. The same God was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And Immorphe brought out so he could be seen. And now the same God is the Holy Ghost, Father, Son, Holy. Not three gods, three offices, three acts of one God. So now in the church age dispensation, we're not dealing with God the Father as a pillar of fire in that particular office. We're not dealing with the Son in the body of flesh of the Virgin Mary in that particular office. But now we're dealing with the same God, and all the Spirit has done is changed his mask. And what is veiling that God now? Not a pillar of fire, not a man born in, in Nazareth, but what's prevailing that fire now is there's got to be a people on earth that he's poured that Spirit into. And by having that Spirit into you, now that Spirit can reflect itself back out. And show the world what God is really like. How? By seeing him in you. I want you to watch this. God in his creation reflected himself by his works. The works that come with that responsibility. Paul calls it a stewardship. A stewardship of the mystery. There was a man one time named Simeon. He wanted the Holy Ghost. But he wanted it for the wrong reason. He wanted it for his own personal gain. And Peter said, that's not the reason God gives the Holy Ghost. God doesn't give the Holy Ghost for your benefit in the sense of carnal gain. God gives you the Holy Ghost for your benefit in terms of bringing you back into fellowship and redemption. But once you come back in fellowship and redemption, now to show that you're redemption, you're now willing to take the responsibility of why he gave you the Holy Ghost, and that's to live by the word. Why did Adam lose his eternal life when he chose not to live by the word and he let go God's word, brother Ram say, for the wife, reason of his wife? He said that's where Adam lost his rights to eternal life. And the only way you and I can get it back is when we're willing to come back to that same word and say, God, I'm willing to live by your word, but it's going to take his power or the Holy Ghost for you and I to live it. And when you come to the altar on that basis, you'll find that God will respond to your desire because you're coming for the right reason. Some say, I want the Holy Ghost, I want to escape hell. I want to escape hell too, but that's the wrong reason to come. The reason you come is because you repent. Why do you repent? I recognize I'm wrong. Something in me is not right. And there's only one thing can get it right, and that's God. And you come on the basis of willing to recognize the God, Lord, I recognize by your word, I'm wrong. Adam had to recognize where he was wrong. Noah had to recognize where he was wrong. Are you following me? Every man had to recognize where he was wrong. And you and I have to recognize by the word where we're wrong. And when we recognize that, and Brother Bram said, and from your heart thoroughly repent, he said, now God's ready to move. Are you following me? I want you to watch this.
Watch Christ as our example. I want to show you how God, when he gives the man the Holy Ghost, there's a responsibility that comes with it. Watch Christ as our example. St. John chapter 5, verse 20. For the Father loveth the Son and showeth him all things that he himself doeth. In other words, whatever God wants done, he shows it to the Son. Why is God showing what he wants done to the Son? Because he's transferring his responsibility. When we receive the Holy Ghost, there's a, there's a responsibility that comes with that. And when God gives you the Holy Ghost, when God gives me the Holy Ghost, there's something he wants to accomplish by giving you the Holy Ghost. And the more that we grow in the grace of Christ, the more we see what that is. And day by day, our lives should be given more to that responsibility. Are you following me? But now watch this. He says, and he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. The authority that the Father had, what is it doing? It's being transferred to the Son. The same way the dominion was in the book of Genesis where God was taking the earth and all that was in it. He said, Adam, I'm putting this in your hand. This is going to be your responsibility. I'm giving you the authority because I'm transferring what I have and I'm giving that to you. Are you following me? And when Christ came as the second Adam, God did the same thing. What God was, the authority God had, all he was doing was transferring that to the son. Now, I want you to watch this. Verse 22. For the father judges no man but has committed all judgment unto the Son. And I used the example the last time I was here. I said, when Brother Branham said that the Holy Ghost told him, he said, they're setting a trap for you. And Brother Branham said he was going to, he said, Satan set a trap for you. He said he was going to preach these meetings. He said, and one night he said it was a young couple that was sitting in the back. And nobody knows what's going on with Brother Branham because God told him it's going to be a trap. What kind of trap? He didn't tell him. And when he got there, he said there was two, a young couple, a man and a woman. He said they were making out. He said in the back seat, and Brother Branham said, please stop doing that. You're distracting this. This is a religious service. He was trying to get the people to stop doing what they were doing. And then all of a sudden, something came to him and said, whatever you say, it'll happen. God was shifted. He said, don't do what I say. Whatever you say, I'll carry it out. Are you following me? What was he doing? He was shifting the authority to the son, but the son had to make a decision. What did he think should happen? He looked at that young couple and said, I forgive you. He said, and the Holy Spirit was pleased because he said what God wanted said. But God shifted to him and said, I'm going to give you the chance to make that decision. Amen. There was another time had it right. Brother Branham had spoke some squirrels in existence, and they were sitting around having a jubilee feast, eating those squirrels. And Brother Branham was trying to tell me where these squirrels come from. He said, I was out hunting. He said, and God came to me and said, you speak these squirrels, and they're coming to existence. And he gave a testimony, and had it right, said, that ain't nothing but the truth. And the Holy Spirit came down and told that prophet, tell her whatever she says. He, was, he said, I could decide, you know what, I like what you said, I'm going to heal your sister. I like what you said, I'm going to give you some money. He said, no, you decide. Are you following me? God trying to shift back to his children because he knows what kind of decision. If you're really the elect seed now, he knows what kind of decision you're going to make. And had it right, made the right decision. She didn't ask for money. She didn't ask for divine healing. What did she ask? The same thing that God died on Calvary for was to redeem the lost soul. She said, give me the life of my two boys. And the Holy Spirit was pleased. Are you following me? These adopted sons that are learning the father's business, the reason they get adopted, the reason they become manifested sons, is because God has watched their character, God has watched their conduct, and as he's getting responsibility, he's watched what they've done with that responsibility. 
And by observation, election, he, God knows all things. But by their living testimonies, they're witnesses to this age, what God looks like. Because as they're watching these men and women, people are seeing Christ. They might look at your flesh and blood. Somebody, brother, that you work with might say, I know that, brother. That's so-and-so, so-and-so. But then all of a sudden, they see certain actions in your life. They may not see everywhere. Are you following me? There's something different. What is it? It's a reflection. Brother Bam said, what is it reflected? He said, it's a reflecting light from another world. Into this dark age, God is reflecting light into this dark age. And he wants to reflect that light through you and I by manifesting his word in you. Let me keep going. I want you to watch this. How does he do it? Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. I'm going to try to bring this to my point so I can close. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. It's God reflecting in you. As you learn to, to yield to him, he's using you to do his own will and his own good pleasure. And Brother Bam said he's able to do it as you let him. He's a gentleman. He doesn't force you down and say, I want this to do, they do what I say do. I could have easily come up today and preached what I wanted to preach. But I said, Lord, I believe you changed my heart for a reason. As scared as I was to approach this message, I said, Lord, if you'll give it to me, I got by your grace. I'll go there and do my best to yield to you and preach it. But there was something burning in my heart, but there was something else he wanted said. And we might never know in this side what that, 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 that change meant. But I believe on the other side in glory, this, this service will be played back. And there will be something that happened in this service as a result of this message that allowed this opportunity to preach it that took place right here. Why? Because the will of God was accomplished. Are you following me? Now I want you to watch this. It's the same God in Morphate. The God that was in the pillar of fire. The God that was in Jesus Christ. And now the God... That's in this church. Same God in Morphe, reflecting his attributes in man. Man, something God could work with to reflect his imagery. Now, I want you to watch this. Now, we all know what idolatry is. At least I think we do. Idolatry is actually a perversion of God's original program. I want you to take me for a minute. Bear with me. Idols are not wrong. Are you following me? Idolatry is wrong. What do you mean, Brother Mike? What is an idol? An idol is a representation or a symbol of an object of worship. God told Moses, don't practice idolatry. Don't make nothing of the fashion of things you've seen in heaven or on earth. But then God come back down and say, make a tabernacle like I showed you in heaven. People say, well, he contradicted himself. No, he's not. Then he went a step further and said, I want you to make two cherubims after the fashion of you saw in heaven. But God's not an idolatra. But God doesn't fear idols because they have their place when in according to the word. Who made the first idol? If an idol is an image of a deity, who made the first idol? God said, make a man in my image. Who was the first one to make something in the image of God? God did. But God doesn't believe in idolatry. 
When you take that idol out of its God-given position and try to make something else out of it, now you've taken that idol and you made idolatry of it because instead of worshiping the Creator, you're now worshiping the thing that was created. Are you following me? So God wanted an idol. He wanted something in His image, but the idol was only to reflect the thing that created it. But in Satan's perversion, he'll take it and create an idol that's supposed to represent God, but it's a perverted thing. And Brother Matt said, why does he do it? Because he's trying to distract worship from God that he might capture it to himself. And that's what Brother Matt said. That's what denominations have become idols. He said, why? They've taken the word and they perverted it, the thing that was given to worship God. And what does Satan do? By perverting the word of the denomination, he's drawing worship to himself. And that's why the Antichrist will be worshipped. But you and I are not a part of idolatry. But we do believe in idols. Now I want you to watch what the prophet said about it. Watch what the prophet said. What is an idol? It's an image. This is me speaking. Just definition. An image or material object representing deity. That's an idol. An object or material representing deity. Now watch what Brother Banner says in Statue of Perfect Man. He said, and the way God is expecting us as individuals to grow is the way he has brought the church to grow. Every church age, it becomes one big church, see? These fellows wasn't required what these fellows are, looking back in the ages. He said this wasn't what this was, see? He said, but he brought his church up the same way he's brought up, brought his, he's brought his church up, and then he kind of stems on his words, his church up the same way he's bringing his people up. Then Peter says here first, Seven things. Now, I want you to catch this. I'm trying to bring this to our age. Starts out with faith, virtue. You see, come up. Knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly love, brotherly kindness, and then the love of God. Every one of these attributes are part of who God is, and God was reflecting himself in every age. Remember my title, Reflection of God. God reflected himself in every age, but he only did it in part. I want you to watch this. He said, then it comes to the last age, which is the capstone, which is love. That's what Paul was pointing to. We know in part. We prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come. I want you to watch this. Brother says, love, the Holy Ghost, Christ in the person of the Holy Ghost comes upon you in the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, and you got all these virtues sealed in you, then God lives in a tabernacle called the building, the living tabernacle of the living God's dwelling place. He said, when a man possesses these kind of things, then the Holy Ghost comes upon him. He said, no matter how much you speak with tongues, you might impersonate any gift that God has got. He said, you might do this, that, but until these virtues, he said, here go into you, you're still off the real true foundation of faith. But when, listen to this, but when these virtues grow in and you add that to that, then you become a living monument. You are a living, moving idol. Brother Brown said the elect of this age, when they come to the calling of this age, he said, what is it? They become a living, moving idol. He wasn't preaching idolatry. He said, you're reflecting the image that God desired back in the beginning. He said, by the redemption of the Holy Ghost through seven church ages, he's brought the man back to where he should have been all along. A perfect reflection of the one that created him. Now, I want you to watch this. But you know... (laughs) The heathen, they prostrate themselves before an idol. 
Brother Bram said an imaginary God. And in an imaginary way, they believe that that imaginary God speaks back to them. Brother Bram said that's heathenism. He said that's Romanism. They bow before all kind of saints and everything else. And they have St. Cecilia, a house, a house God, and so many different things like that. They bow to that and actually believe, listen, in an imaginary way, what a type it is of the true and living God. And when we listen, not in an imaginary way, but prostrate ourselves before a living God, a living virtue, a living knowledge, a living patience, a living godliness. He says a living power coming from a living God makes a living man a living image of the statue of God. He says when you prostrate yourself before something and you imagine that is God. He said that's heathenism. Now I'm going to take my time and bring this to a close. That's heathenism. Because your imaginary God, my imaginary God, we can make our imaginary God anything we want him to be. Some can imagine that he's two. There's a God the Father and God the Son. Some can imagine he's three. There's three persons in the Godhead. Are you following me? Some can imagine that, that, that he's, a, 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 that he's a, a, a... Pardon me, I'm not going to say that from the pulpit. They can form any doctrine of God they want. Because it's imaginary. But what the prophet is preaching here is this. There's got to be a people that come in contact with the true God. And by contact with the true God, the voice that they're here speaking to them is not an imaginary voice. And what's directing you and what's talking to you is not your own subconscious telling you what you want God to be. But it's now God talking to your subconscious by a revelation telling you who he is. And by that revelation, you now come in contact with the true and living God. And by that contact, he now has a vessel. He can reflect himself. And what I'm getting at is this around the message. We've got a lot of imaginary gods. A lot of imaginary gods. And it's come right out of the Bible. It's come right out of the message of the hour. But they take the word of God and they add to it something else that doesn't belong there because it's not by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And what they do in an imaginary way, they say, this is what Brother Brown was saying. In an imaginary way, this is what Paul was saying. And I don't mean hypocrites. I mean very sincere men. You go back and you look at Brother Brown preach when he preached about the days of Elijah and he talked about those 400 prophets. He said those were very sincere men. But they were sincerely wrong. All they were trying to do was go back to the writing of Moses and try to show the people where the land belonged to them. And they had a right to go take it. He said, but what they failed to recognize was that when God came down, not in an imaginary way, but in the prophet of Elijah and spoke to that generation, they rejected that voice. And by rejecting that voice, they were rejecting the reality of the God that was speaking behind that voice. So what are you getting at, Brother Mike? I believe right now, this message of the hour has been showing the bride who she is, what her responsibility is in this age, and she's accepted it. Just like Esther, when she recognized that the only way the Jews were going to make it was the responsibility that fell on her shoulders. She said, if I perish, let me perish, but I now see what my job is. Let me go see the king. Are you following me? She knew she was the only one that had that position before the king that could make the change needed that was going to actually save her people. 
so must the bride recognize what God has put on our shoulders Amen. by this message of the hour. I was preaching up at another church in Virginia a couple of months ago, and I told him, I said, I believe God lays on my heart to go down and, 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 and minister to a, a group down in South Carolina. I said, I'm scared. I said, just because God maybe puts something on your heart don't mean he puts bravery with it. <laughs> no, sir. Fear will come with a lot of times a calling to God. If you don't believe me, ask Jonah. God called Jonah to do a certain thing. He had a responsibility. Jonah said, I don't want that job. He said, have you heard about the Ninevites? Have you heard how cruel those men are and what they'll do to their own people? What do you think they're going to do to a man that come tell them that he's bringing the name of another God that's contrary to their God? Are you following me? But the responsibility that came with the call, God was shifting himself to Jonah. He said, Jonah, there's something I want to do, but I want to do it in flesh, and your flesh is the body I've chosen. What I'm trying to say to this church, there's an image of God to be reflected in this age. And it's not going to be God in part. It's not going to be God in a certain small measure. But Brother Bram said in this age, God is ready to pour out the fullness of all he is. And he's going to place that in the bride. And the bride will be the final voice to a vile age because she'll not be prostrated to an imaginary God. She's come in contact with the true and living God. And she's received that God inside of her. And she knows that the power that's in her is not her own life anymore. She knows the power in her is the power of God. Therefore, for when she say unto this mountain be removed it's not her speaking but it's God speaking in that individual not in an imaginary way you see what I'm getting at we can allow this thing to become an imaginary way instead of coming brother Bram, say, to the simplicity of the gospel and making sure you come to a spot to where you know that you've met that God that real God and that he's living in you and you know you're not the same person you used to be then you rest. Why? Because now it's in his lap. Then you rest. He that entered into Christ has ceased from his own works. Now you rest. You might have your mistakes. You might have your good days. You might have your bad days. But Brother Matt said, but you can go back to that day that state was rolled down. And you know that day that you received Christ in you. And you know that that Christ promised to keep you until the day of judgment. But it's got to be a reality. It can't be an imaginary way. And that's what God is calling us to, church. The reality of this God living in you. And Brother Bram said, how do you know he's reflecting in you? How do you know it's that God? Brother Bram said, take it back to the word and just simply look at what's being reflected. Just take it back to the word and see what's being reflected. I'm saying this in closing. When he spoke of his own ministry, Brother Bram said, God has performed supernatural signs in my ministry. He said there was a lady, she was a medium, and she had testimonies of many people that had been healed. And people had gone to her with different kind of things, and she's revealed different things about their lives. And Brother Bam said they're true because there is a such thing as a true medium that does commune with the dead. He said she's not one of these hypocrites that imagine they're talking to the dead. She's actually talking to the dead. She's a real medium. Brother Bam said, but what's the difference? They're trying to say, well, Brother Bam, she's doing this. She said, that's the same thing you're doing. Brother Bam said, no, it's not. Brother Bam said, you go back and look at her people that claim that got healed. Or you look at the people that talked to her about the past. He said, you go back and you find me one case where anybody ever got saved. You find me where anybody ever got joy in their life and received the Holy Ghost. 
Brother Bram said, what she's doing has no connection with redemption. He said, but what I'm doing takes you right back to the Bible, brings you right back to redemption, and is vindicating everything God said would happen in this church. He said, that's not the same thing I'm doing. It was two different spirits. Are you following me? And all I'm just trying to say, church, is there is a reflection of God in every age. God has never had an age without a witness. Brother Bradham witnessed and testified of his age. Now we're living at a different junction. We're living at a different time. Somebody is actually talking with the true and living God. And they're not going by imagination. They're not going by their own thoughts. They're not going by some doctrine that somebody else has conjured up. But they can take it right back to this Bible and know that the God that's talking to them is vindicated by the word that he gave us. And then Brother Brown said, and then that God reflects in you. And then the world begins to see a living, moving idol, a man back into the image of Almighty God. This is by our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your grace. Lord, I believe that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Not me only. I know I believe that there's people here that believe the same thing, the same thing. Lord, we're not here to try to tear anything down. But, Lord, I believe that your word comes to build up. Sometimes it may shake up, but I believe it comes to build up. And, Lord, I'm just praying this morning with every head bowed. Lord, speak to hearts. With the little bit of time we have left, Lord, may we all examine very sincerely where we stand. And Lord, make sure that we've come in contact with the true and living God. Lord, we know that what the prophet brought us was correct. We saw the vindication of the pillar of fire that hadn't been seen in 2,000 years make itself known in an infallible way. But, Lord, I believe now that there's another group on the earth that you've been preparing, a body that's here right now, that you're ready to shift your authority upon. You're ready to shift your dominion upon. You're ready to shift your very life upon, Lord, that we might be able to reflect in this last age the fullness of God manifested in a many more body. Lord, the capstone that was to be upon a church, living in a church, proving he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, that's our desire. That's our goal. Let us not try to work at it. But God, give us grace this morning to have faith to believe you for it. And Lord, not to look for anything less. For the greatness of the Lord is hidden in simplicity. As we said the last time we were here, the very simplest, smallest child here, to be a reflection of your glory. It's not based on our intelligence or our age. It's based on the sincerity and revelation of our heart. Lord, we thank you. Ask your grace upon this church, upon this ministry. Lord, as we commit this day into your hands, in Jesus Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Amen. The magician will give us a song. Give us a song. How many love him? God wants to reflect himself. In every age, there was a way he did it. And this age is no different. Brother Bram said it's always been in a very simple, humble way. 
God using a man. And I believe in this age God has a people that he can use to reflect himself in his fullness. In the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you.
of the Father. We are joined Yeah. 
shows the existence and the characteristics of another thing. That's what an image is. It proves that there's, there's something that's real, something that's there. I'll tell you what, I, I, it's just when you think about it, how God called us and charged us nothing for it, but gave us the privilege of representing him on the earth. Put his own life in us, without money, without price, and uses us to be able to reflect ourselves to a, a, a dying world. It's, it's just an amazing thing, just a very gracious thing, a very wonderful thing. I'd like to sing that little chorus, Jesus, Draw Me Close, and uh, just want to say it's just been wonderful for us to be in the house of the Lord today, and, and uh, God is so good to us. And You know, the world out there, they're wrestling, they're wrestling with everything. They're wrestling with all, you know, I mean, and on every front and in every, in every way, just, just without the hope that we have, we'd be out there wrestling too. God says, you know, I'll, they're, they're, 
I was coming down this morning and the radio was on and they were just had the headlines and they were saying today marked 100 days where they were uh, uh, protesting in Portland, Oregon. And that's just kind of a, an unusual sight for this. But, I mean, there's, there's just protests. And they were saying it's 100 days, you know, as if that's something to be proud of. You know, 100 days of protests and violence. And uh, we want to take money away from the, law, from the law enforcement and all the rest of it. And that's, you know, they're, just, they're happy about reaching that milestone. And I thought to myself, well, God's got them beat a country mile. Because you know what he did? He gave us a message that raises us above all national boundaries all color, all ethnicities, all languages. He gave us a message that he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So, you know, to us, it doesn't matter, hey, where somebody's from, what background they are from. Hey, to me, that doesn't matter. I look at, I look at you covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how I look at you because that's how I look at myself. <laughs> I got to look at myself that way first. That's how I look at all of you. Your background doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. Uh, color doesn't matter. Race doesn't matter. Hey, we've been all made one by the blood of Jesus Christ. He puts his own life in us. Therefore, we can have harmony and unity. No matter whether you're here, whether you're in another nation, doesn't matter. Because it's not, it's not those things that unite us. It's the blood of Christ. It's the message of the hour. That's what unites us. It's Christ in us that makes everything common. That's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. I'm glad I'm a part of that family. Jesus, draw me closer, Lord, to you, and let this world. ask you to continue to remember uh, young Caleb Caps, and uh, like Brother Mike said that uh, God will use experiences like this to really 
really turn the direction of a young man's life. And so we just pray that God would heal him and God would uh, touch his soul as well. We also want to remember the family of Nate Barrett and uh, just uh, trusting that the Lord will be their comfort in a time of such tragic loss. But I want to leave you with this prayer request, and I left it till the end so you would remember, and that is this. I'm going to ask you especially today to remember Brother Ron and Sister Connie Spencer. And uh, they have they live in a university town, uh, uh, James Madison, and um, they... Um, in Harrisonburg, uh, Virginia, and uh, they've had uh, the virus that surrounds them there, and their church has been is now shut down. It's going to be shut down for at least another uh, two weeks, and they have roughly about 20 people that have been confirmed up there. Uh, that's pretty serious uh, for Brother Ron and his uh, his situation where he's on the, uh, the chemotherapy, and so. Uh, I'm going to ask you this morning, if you will, just to really remember him in prayer and um, just trust that the Lord will undertake for him. And being on the the drugs that he has for as long as he has, uh, his body's in a weakened condition. So uh, it's just very important for him to really um, just have that guardian angel just watching over him. And we're just going to entrust him into God's care. But I'm going to ask you this morning if you just especially do that today. Okay. Heavenly Father, we are, we are moved, Lord, in our hearts. We're stirred in our hearts, Lord, to think about how that of all of creation, Lord, you didn't pick any of the fine animals and you didn't pick any of the great uh, aspects of nature to reflect you, Lord, but you chose a man, you chose a woman to not only indwell, but, Lord, to reflect yourself to this world so that people would actually be able to see God through this sinful flesh. And Lord, we think about what a powerful thing the blood of Christ actually is that could allow us to be able to not only stand in your presence and to be able to commune with you, but Lord, also to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove and live what is the acceptable will of God. So, Father, we just pray now that you would just have your way in our hearts, Lord. We thank you so much for the word today that stirred our hearts, Lord, in these last services. And, Father, you've just been speaking so directly to us. And, Lord, this life now is not to be lived by prophets. They've all come and gone. They've all had their time. Lord, now it's our time, and we stand on this stage of life. And we are the people, Lord, to bring this message home. And I pray that you would just use us, Lord. I pray that you would reflect yourself through us. I pray, sinners, Lord, they may see Christ in us and realize that in a hopeless world, there is truly a hope because it burns within our hearts. Father, I just pray, Lord, for these families, this young man, Lord, Brother Caleb, and surgery. Lord, we just pray that you would just minister to him, Lord, and just bless, I pray, his family, his mom and dad. And, Lord, just I, I pray just be at his side, Lord, at this moment. We thank, Lord, of the Barrett family and hold them up before you in prayer. And, Lord, what an unimaginable shock they must have experienced, Lord. And I just ask that you would just draw near to them. Lord, be with Brother Ron, I pray, and Sister Connie today. And, Lord, you, you are... You're the God who is our healer. You're the God who cares about what we go through. And Father, I commit them to you today in the name of Jesus. Pray, Lord, for their healing. 
pray, Lord, for their deliverance. And I ask, oh God, that you would just draw near right in their home where they are today, Lord. And I just pray that you would just minister strength and healing and peace to them. Give them to you. And Lord, for each member that's gathered here today, our guests and visitors and friends, I pray you'd bless them richly. Those who are listening, commit them to you. I'm so glad, Lord, today that I can say that I'm a Christian. Say that I have a hope, Lord, that burns within me. The hope that all the believers through the ages held in their hearts. And now, Lord, it's in our hearts. And we thank you for that. Go with us, Lord, I pray. Keep us safe. Give us wisdom. Commit the body of Christ here into your hands, Lord. In Jesus' lovely name we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sing it as you go this morning. May God bless you. Amazing grace shall always be
mine eyes to come.